his death and life mean everything to every single person here, we pray. And those listening online too, we pray that they will be blessed too with the entrance of your word that brings light. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The resurrection of Jesus um, obviously shocked the first disciples because when they arrived at the tomb, they saw the tomb empty, uh, the women that first arrived there. And it was a surprise to them when they first discovered that Jesus was resurrected physically in a body. And this historical event that Christians believe in is an event that happened in time. And for those who know and believe in what Jesus has done through the cross and the resurrection, it has a tremendous effect on their lives. Jesus is not a dead person that we have faith in. Every other religion follows the teaching and lifestyle of people who died. But Jesus, on the third day, rose again by the power of God. And so we worship a living Savior and Lord. And this is proven in the effect that he has on those who know and believe this. Because he is continuing his life and ministry in those who believe. So Jesus is here today. He's not just an historical person who rose again. He is alive here today in those who believe in the facts, actually, of his death and resurrection. And just to sum the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ up, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 to 4, because this is what Christ Christians believe. For I received... Uh, for what I received, I passed on to you as the first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Those three facts. And you understand that it's everything that Jesus did without you and me. And for those who believe and continue to stand in those truths... He completely changes our lives. And today we're going to look at a story of a man, and hopefully we'll be able to be uh, understanding ourselves a little bit more by this man who was a famous fisherman called Peter. He's the world, world's most famous fisherman. Um, Peter is known throughout the world and loved actually because we can all see a bit of ourselves in this uh, follower of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see what difference the cross and the resurrection made 
in this one individual and hopefully relate it, well, I can relate it to myself and hopefully you'll be able to relate it to yourself. Because you see, um, on the day that Jesus was taken uh, prisoner, really, by the guards and the religious leaders to uh, be falsely accused and judged and led away to be crucified. On the day that this happened, Peter found out something about himself that was a very difficult lesson to learn. And actually, sometimes I think it's really important that we understand things about ourselves that are not so easy. We like to look at ourselves in the best light, but actually we're going to see Peter in the light of failure, that he falls short of what he'd hoped he would be. He had these standards and goals for himself as an individual, as a friend, and even as a follower of Jesus. But actually, Peter fell far short of what he thought he could be and do. And actually, I think if we're honest, we all fall short in some area of our lives of what we think we can do and be. We can fail those we love. We can fail uh, in many aspects of life and relationships and many things in life. We kind of get very disappointed with ourselves. And uh, we're going to look at this story when Jesus spoke to his 12 disciples. And at that scripture is in Matthew 26. And Jesus said to all of his disciples, he said, you're all going to actually run like rabbits. Because they're going to come and strike me. They're going to strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And Peter actually said, everybody else might. All of these others, you can't count on them. <laughs> Hang on, let me go this side. All of these, you can't count on them. Or let me go on the platform. You can't count on them. But you can count on me. I'm the one you can count on. I'm the best of the best. So even, even, even if all of them fall away, it'll never happen to me. In fact, I, he, in one of the Gospels, he says, I'm even ready to die with you. And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this is, he said directly to Peter, because Peter proclaimed how great he was and how determined he was to be the best of the best. He proclaimed this. And so Jesus proclaimed something to him. And he said, truly, I tell you, because you see, Jesus knows Peter more than Peter knows Peter. And that's actually quite comforting for me, is that Jesus knows every one of us. He knows me more than I know me. I can make statements, bold declarations about what I'm going to be and do, but actually, he knows 
whether I've got what it takes to follow through. And in this situation, he knew that Peter didn't. So he says, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And actually, Peter did. What happened was the guards came that night and they took Jesus captive. And all the other disciples ran off and Peter, hey, you could say he was the best one yet. He was following at a distance, not wanting to be recognized, incognito. This secret follower that proclaimed, I will die with you. And they led Jesus into a courtyard. And Peter followed with some others. And they were in a place where they could still see Jesus. And there was a fire where Peter was standing with some other people. And they were warming themselves by the fire. And Jesus obviously had his back to Peter, but Peter could still see Jesus. Anyway, of course, the words of Jesus came true, and you know it very well if you know the story. Someone said, I recognize you. He said, no, it's not me. And then somebody else said, weren't you with that man? And he said, me, not me. And the third time, someone said, you were with him. He got angry. He swore and cursed. Luke tells us in Luke's gospel, as he is saying this, the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, You'll deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. What a look to receive from Jesus. One who said he would follow to the death. Denies him three times. And I don't believe it was a look of anger. I think it was just a look of, see, you don't and aren't able to keep up what you say you're going to do for me. Peter, I believe, got, went out that night and thought, I'm an epic failure. I have totally failed. I have fallen short of my standards of what I wanted to be for Jesus and do for Jesus. I have totally fallen short. I think if we're all honest, even followers as followers and believers in Jesus, I think what happened that night was the beginning of a great victory in his life. Because only when we get to the end of ourselves 
can Jesus and resurrection power begin to operate? You see, Peter could have been in a position where he said, actually, the soldiers crucified you. They were the ones who did that. And he could have said, the religious leaders hated you, but I was a follower of you. I followed you all my life. All these things that I gave up to follow you. But Peter came to the point where he knew that he knew that he didn't have what it takes to be what God had called him to be. And often, you know, we don't like to look at ourselves in this light where we see ourselves and we see that we fall short. But Romans 3, 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God is the character of God. We've all fallen short of what God's standards are to be in a relationship with him and to have, um, uh, to go to heaven. Nobody's going to heaven if you've fallen short. All of us have sinned. Sin means, to sin means to miss the mark. If you think of a target like bullseye in the middle, all of us have missed. Some of us might think it's slightly off. Other of us who are more honest think we actually missed the board. I'm the one that missed the board. I wasn't even close to the target. And recognizing that is the beginning of being saved. All of us, there isn't one of us that hasn't sinned or missed God's standard. But the good news is in Romans 5.8 that God demonstrated his own love. I love this. God didn't say, I love you. He showed, I love you. I'd rather have love on show than love on say. Anybody with me? God so demonstrated his love, the love that is willing to sacrifice his only son on the cross, that while we were still epic failures, fully outside of God's standard, Christ died for sinners. Now, we've heard already that Christ died for our sins, but sins are different to sinners. Work with me on this. Sins are what you do. Sins are the product of um, any kind of behavior or attitude or action that actually misses God's mark. Things you feel, you say, you do, your attitudes, the internal as well as the actions. But sinners are completely different. 
Because sinners are people whose nature it is to sin. So in other words, I had, before I became a Christian, I was helpless. I couldn't stop it doing wrong. Because I was a sinner, a sinner who sins. So all have fallen short and fall, all have sinned and fallen short, but Christ died also for sinners, people. The people who actually have and are born with the wrong nature, a nature that is in rebellion against God. Yeah, so you see the difference. There are two things you see the cross. I think many people know, not everybody obviously, but many people know that Jesus died for our sins, that we might be forgiven. Has everybody in this room heard that before? I've he I heard that years before I became a believer, that Christ died for my sins, that I might be forgiven of all the wrong I do. But the cross did something far more powerful than just release forgiveness of sins. When Jesus died and suffered on the cross, his blood was poured out for my sins. But actually an incredible exchange took place. And I want to show you from the word of God this morning what difference the cross and resurrection make, really make, to people like Peter who know they fall short. Because Peter knew that night, I am a failure, not just what I do. He recognized, he came to the end of, I can't. You know, pride, the pride of people says, I can. I can. I am brilliant. But the followers of Jesus, those disciples needed to know that as much as Jesus died for the soldiers, he died for them. Because they were as much sinners as the soldiers. Praise the Lord. You see, if Jesus just forgave sins, can you imagine Peter? He'd be going to Jesus, Lord, forgive me my sins. I've done wrong again. Yes, I forgive you. My blood was shed for you. You're totally forgiven. Brilliant. That's on Sunday. Monday, <laughs> sin again. Monday night, Jesus, forgive me, I've sinned again. I've done it. I've done not the same issue, just another issue. This time I ask the forgiveness for this one. Okay, wake up the next day and even before breakfast. Mm. I was forgiven yesterday, but this morning I've just sinned. So I go back and I say sorry again. And what we have, Peter would have known that he would have been on a failure cycle. A failure cycle, a failure that goes from forgiveness, which is great, but he still would fail because he hadn't changed. 
all that had changed was that he had been forgiven. It's like a parent with a child who kind of always wants to do the wrong thing. Now that parent might love them and forgive them and keep on forgiving them, but the older they get, the harder it is to stop them doing awful things. And the love and forgiveness of that parent remains consistent because that's a good parent. But that child is ultimately a rebel and keeps doing what they're doing. They come back, mummy and daddy pay, say sorry, but they'll go off and do it again. And that parent would say, oh my goodness, wouldn't it be great if I could just flick a switch on the inside of that son and see him change forever? Can you see that? Because something needs to change on the inside so that they can live completely differently. Is this making sense? You see, God so loved us and does forgive sins, but he also broke the cycle, the failure cycle, through his cross and his resurrection. And I want you to see with me, and may the Lord open every eye, because this isn't easy to grasp. You need the Lord to open your eyes to see this. Oh, the answer is the cross and the resurrection in Romans. Lord help us, hey? I'm going to read these few verses. I hope by the grace of God I'll be able to explain what happened to Peter and everybody who believes. There's a Peter that was before and there's a Peter after the death and resurrection. Okay, and there's a complete change, not just a forgiven Peter. There's going to be a radical change. Not just forgiveness of sins, something absolutely immense. So what shall we say then, Peter? Because he would just go out and fail again. Should we continue? In sin, that grace may abound. You see, the gospel, the cross, the resurrection isn't just to keep pouring grace on sin. Jesus knew that wouldn't fix us. Paul says, certainly not. How shall uh, we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know, say do you not know, <laughs> that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Next verse, please. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in newness of life. We who died to sin were baptized into his death. Now, what on earth does this mean? Actually, water baptism illustrates this. Uh, everybody who 
repents and believes in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, the Lord asks everybody to be baptized. And that means immersed in water. Right? And you know, we have a tank actually uh, that we fill up with water downstairs, and we'll be doing that in a few weeks. You fill this tank with water, and the person who believes in their heart that Jesus died for their sins and rose again from the dead, that person stands in the water and says, Christ died for my sins, I believe. He was buried and he rose again. And they, in identity of everything that Jesus has done, that's what baptized means, to be immersed in all that Jesus has done for them. They go down into the water. We don't hold them down too long. But they physically go down in the water as a symbol of they died with Christ. So Peter, he wasn't just forgiven of his sins and left the same person. When he believed in the death and resurrection of Jesus, he, I, he was included in the work of the cross that Christ died for his sins, was buried, Peter was buried, and he rose again. When you come up out of the water, it's symbolic. You have been raised to a new life. Lord, let there be light. Because this is the secret of living in victory over sin. And Paul does not say, should we continue to sin? We shouldn't. What does he say the answer? He doesn't say, stop it and try harder. He doesn't say, put more effort into stopping yourself from sinning. He said, you need to know something and reckon on something. This is what you need to know, that you, the sinner, died with Christ. Oh, it's amazing. You, the sinner, were buried with Christ. That means the old you, the sinner, is dead. Christianity is not an improvement program. It's an execution. You died with him. It's just a mega news. It's the best news for me. And I'm trusting that you can get to see it. It's the best news for you. Because of what he did, you died. So the old you is dead to sin. Now let me illustrate this. Imagine an alcoholic who's very angry. Maybe it's, let's say it's a guy, a man. Very angry, abusive alcoholic sitting on the sofa at home um, treating everybody badly. Dies. Suddenly, and he's still there on the sofa. I could take a whiskey bottle, open it up, 
right in front of his ear. Glug, 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 glug. Listen to that. I get no response. Because he's dead. <laughs> I could put it in front of his nose. Can you smell that whiskey? Before, he'd have had my hand off. This time, he's like, I'm not going to give a response to that. So when Paul says, you need to know, it's not actually, you have died. It is the victory of the cross. It is the total death of the old failure that would always fall short. I would fall short in my ability to love God and love people. How many of you have fallen short? I have fallen short. That I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. So your water baptism is like a picture, like a story of what Jesus did for you that you believe. He didn't just die for your sins. He executed you with him on the cross. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, can I have that scripture? I might have gone too far too fast, but I, Paul, this was Paul's testimony. And, and it's the truth about everyone who has believed and confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. It's fact. I have been, past tense, when Jesus died, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So the old sinner was removed. I was given a new heart when I believed. God put his spirit within me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead raised me in Christ. I have been raised with his resurrection to a new life. The old me has passed away. 2 Corinthians 5.17. The old person is passed away. Buried. Buried. Buried in Christ. I am dead to sin on the inside. I no longer live. The victory is the risen Christ who was resurrected from the dead now lives in me. He doesn't fall short of anything. His life is perfect. He won the victory over death and the grave. He won the victory over me. I was removed on the cross and raised to a new life in Christ. And so Paul doesn't say put loads of effort into trying not to do things. Put more into knowing what Jesus has done for you, that he died and rose again from the dead. So to stop continuing in sin, we need to know that and reckon ourselves dead. 
What's interesting to me, and it really struck me this week. Oh, I've, I've had just such an exciting week in the, this, these few verses. I've been walking around. The answer isn't telling me to stop doing things. The answer is to know that I died. And I've been raised to a new life. And I re- realized to know something doesn't mean the same as feel it. Does it? To know I was buried, that sinner, that failure, that rejected one, that enemy of God, that total. I mean, Peter didn't realize how bad he was until he had an epic fail. And sometimes, you know, you and I need to epically fail before we really lay hold of what Jesus has done for us. That there is nothing good in me apart from Jesus. Oof, you came to church to find out nothing good in you. How does that feel? For me, it feels great because I need Jesus. He died and he rose again. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, so we might walk. We have to know it first, reckon it first. And then we can walk in it. Not walk in it without knowing. You have to know the victory of the cross. Jesus took me to the cross. I died with him. That miserable failure that wept bitterly with all my determination to be a better person to try harder to be nicer, the one who actually failed time and time again. That failure died on the cross with Jesus Christ. This is my good news. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. He is my life. He is my never falling short. Let me answer this quickly. Does that mean I'll never sin? No, but God doesn't expect me to. Because I don't have that old nature that was automatically going to. I'm automatically going to do the right thing. I might fail and fall short sometimes. The blood of Jesus, he forgives me my sins. But I'm no longer a sinner. Are you in Christ? Do you believe that he died for your sins? That he was buried and rose again from the dead? Well, then you died. That sinner died. You are no longer a sinner. You are a holy one, accepted in Christ. You are loved, made perfect forever. You have risen a vic- victorious over sin. Sin will no longer have dominion over you. The cross and the resurrection of Jesus. When you think of what he did, we will forever sing his praise. But many people don't walk in this because they don't know it and reckon it. They forget it. 
And they just keep on a, forgive me and go back. Forgive me, go back. What's needed is a fresh knowing this morning that actually I died when Jesus died. He took me, that failure, that person that couldn't achieve the standards that even I would set for myself, let alone the things that God has set. But Jesus has eliminated that person, put me out of action, and I have been raised a new person in Christ. Wonderful news this Easter day. I'm not just forgiven. I'm new. I've got resurrection power and life. Christ himself lives in me. And the life I now live, Galatians 2.20, the life I now live, I don't live by my feelings. I live by faith. Sorry, Galatians. I, I live by faith in the Son of God. He lives in me. I have faith in him who loved me. There it is. He loved me while I was still a sinner. He doesn't love sin. He hates sin. We should never treat sin lightly because of what Jesus did on the cross for my forgiveness. But we should know that we're not a mixture of a sinner and a saint. We don't have two natures in operation on the inside. I have a divine nature, a new nature in Christ Jesus. And because he rose again, I have been raised, a work of art, a new creation, someone who is loved, chosen, accepted, in union with Christ through the death and resurrection of his son. What a wonderful savior. What a wonderful Lord. Resurrection power. Paul prays that we will know the exceeding greatness of his power. But it's only towards those who believe. Do you believe that you died? Do you believe that you've been raised? Know it, reckon it. You're a work of art in Christ Jesus. Not in yourself anymore, you see. Peter, he actually had to come to the same knowing and reckoning that you and I have to. Peter came, if you read through his life, the book of Acts, that failure turned the world upside down because he knew and reckoned himself dead and raised a new life in Christ Jesus. It's a powerful, powerful, life-changing effect on those who believe. Let's stand together. Praise God. Praise God for the cross. Praise God for what Jesus has done. Praise God that he died and rose again from the dead. Wonderful. If I could have Galatians back on, please. We're going to say this. And I, 
I just believe that as we say it, there's going to be a fresh release of resurrection power. Because we don't see the power unless we come to the end of ourselves and recognize, actually, I needed to be executed so that I could be all that Jesus made me. Let's declare this together. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say this together. Thank you, Jesus. When you died, I died. That sinner, that failure died. And when you were buried, I was buried. The body of sin was done away with. And I was raised to new life in your resurrection. I have been raised with Christ. And I have resurrection life and power in me. Thank you that this life is an overcoming life. It's a victory life. It's the life of a winner, not a failure. That in Christ Jesus, I have life, life, and more life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't he wonderful? Come on, church. Isn't he wonderful? It's the best news in the world. And let me tell you, it's what your husband and wife and people around you need to know. That you know that you died. So that you can start walking in a new life. Because you'll only walk in what you believe about yourself. If you believe you're a failure, you will fail. But if you believe you've been risen from the dead, that Christ lives in you, how can you believe that you wouldn't be what God calls you to be in Christ Jesus? How could you not love when before you would fail like Peter and weep bitterly at your failures? And yes, when I sin, I confess my sin. He forgives me. I've had to do it this week because I want a real relationship with him where there's no, nothing in between, nothing getting in the way. But it doesn't make me a sinner because I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. That is the radical change that the cross has accomplished in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and it's funny, you know, I sometimes think, I can hear what some of you say, I wonder what she's done this week. <laughs> but aren't you glad that only Jesus knows because he knows what you've done too. But if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
Oh, Lord, thank you. And may this message of the cross and the resurrection shine out from our lives. May the new creation that we are be what we walk in. And I pray this week there'll be a fresh knowing and reckoning. Actually, I died. I don't need to react in the flesh to everything that happens. I'm a different person now. I have a new nature. It's divine. And I've got power to live a holy, blessed life. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.